Well, we had Pastor Eric with us last uh, February in Sri Lanka. Now, did, did you guys know that he was in Sri Lanka? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, all right. <laughs> well, we had a great time and, uh, you know, we really enjoyed him and, uh, you know, the passion and the fire. We have, you know, a real connection in the heart and we just feel like, you know, we are brothers in the Lord, you know, and yeah, connected yeah. even from, you know, way out there, you know, from a long distance away, God can connect us. Yes. That's the incredible thing about it. And so, we have, from the moment we met, you know, and, and you know, it's the, the relationship and even Melanie and Jennifer, it has been, a, you know, a, a, an incre improving, increasing uh, kind of uh, relationship that is kind of getting uh, built up very quickly. Even though we got to know them very, you know, recently, God is really building our relationship and, you know, that's how it is when you meet people who have the same fire and the passion and the hunger for the Lord, right? Amen. Amen. And that's why it's so good to hang around people who love God with all their hearts. And I think I get the impression that this church is like that. Yeah. You want to, you know, give all to God. You want to give everything. You don't want to just kind of clap like you're kind of, you know, not sure about what you're doing, you know. You want to give everything to God, you know. Amen. And you want to, you know, make a joyful noise. You want to, you know, uh, worship the Lord with all your heart and all your strength. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And, uh, you know, we thank God for those who do it a little differently. But we want to, we are the kind of people that probably we would have been in the nut house if we didn't worship like that. You know? Amen. <laughs> we would have been in some nutty place, you know, if we couldn't get free and be expressive and free with our God. Amen. Some people can do this little thing and just kind of get on and still, uh, you know, avoid being nutty. But we, we, some of us are not like that, you know. We have to kind of get in there and get it all out and, you know, really connect with uh, God and, you know, then, you know, we, we're ready for the week and we are ready for what lies ahead, you know. Yes. Amen. That's how we are wired, I guess. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> so praise God. <laughs> it was good to see the young people here giving it all. Shall we give them an applause? These young guys were great. Playing guitar, you know. <laughs> they were doing everything. That's good. That's great, you know. Some of these young people, you see, they can't even you know, get their hands. And sometimes you feel sorry for them, you know. <laughs> you know, I mean, if already they can't get going when they get older, I don't think those hands will move at all, you know. <laughs> but, uh, Melanie, do you want to come and say something this morning? Hi. <laughs> You're on your yeah. own. <laughs> She's got that little first lady touch, you know. <laughs> She's kind of, you know, anyway. So uh, we have a, <laughs> yeah, you want to start on the right footing, you know. You yeah. don't want to. <laughs> but we have a table at the back there, you know, and uh, if you want to go visit it. And, uh, and also we have some... Uh, information there about the children's home as well as uh, I have a book that I wrote about a year and a half back called The Bondage Breaker and uh, it usually goes at ten dollars and now today we are doing it at five so it's a special price and if you want to make use of that we would encourage you to do that. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. We're also needing some uh, sponsors for our children Sometimes, you know, people who are sponsoring, they cannot continue doing it. 
and so they sometimes have to, you know, discontinue. And so, you know, we about a child is uh, it costs us about fifty to, you know, a little bit over fifty dollars to, uh, you know, kind of, you know, meet their needs for the month. And so, if you would like to get involved in a one-time, you know, sponsorship, or even a half, you go twenty-five dollars, you know. Oh, and and if you want to do a one-time offering, or you want to do a monthly thing for six months or a year and then say okay you know I can't do any more but I'll evaluate when I come to the end of the year but if you'd like to join in and just sponsor a child or or co-sponsor a child we would really appreciate that because right now uh, when the building is going on we don't have any extra money and so when people drop out we need others to come on board and help us to keep the sponsorship going so Melanie will be at the back table and, you know, and Jennifer too. We have some friends here as well, Jennifer and Alex Lopez, uh, drove in all the way from uh, Houston, uh, the northern part of Houston, right? Yeah, so how, how many hours did you take to get here? <laughs> Just one hour? Okay, great. One hour. You know, we had to take four and a half or five, you know, so they're pretty good, but we're glad to have them as well. They've been friends. Jennifer came to Sri Lanka about uh, maybe 10 years back, and she's never been back, you know, uh, but always wanted to be back. <laughs> she loved it so much, she never came back. You know? <laughs> Just kidding, Jennifer. <laughs> she loves to come back, but she's got three beautiful children, you know, that she has to take care of right now. Yeah. And so, but she hopes to come back sometime, and she loved it, and God really used used her. And so we hope that all of you will come to Sri Lanka one day, before too long. Even if you don't come back again, you know. <laughs> <laughs> what did you say, <laughs> That's right. They have been there. <laughs> They have placed their feet on the ground. <laughs> they have held up the flag. This, uh, so there was a couple of ministers and a rabbi, and they were discussing what they would do with the offering. And so one of the ministers said, you know, I take all the offering, I draw a small circle on the ground, and I throw all the money there. And whatever falls in the little circle, I give to God. And whatever falls out, I keep for myself. So ha ha ha, everybody laughed. And then the second guy said, the second minister said, you know, I, mine is better than yours. I draw a large circle on the ground. And, and I take all the money and throw it into that large circle. And whatever falls in the large circle, I keep for myself. And whatever <laughs> falls out, I give it to God. And the rabbi said, hey, I've got a better one than that. You just, you just don't know what mine is. Listen. So he says, I take all the money and I throw it up in the air. And I say, God, keep whatever you want. <laughs> so good morning, everybody. And we're going to talk about how do we establish God's authority and advance his kingdom Amen. this hour. Amen? Amen. You know, God's kingdom is, is still advancing, no matter what. I mean, we don't sometimes see it advancing, especially around, uh, you know, sometimes our, you know, our surroundings and, and what we hear in the media and all that kind of thing. And all this politically correct kind of talk kind of makes us, you know, sometimes wonder if we are gaining ground or whether we are stagnant or whether we are on the retreat. 
Hey, God's kingdom is advancing. Amen. No matter what. Amen. No matter what, God's kingdom is on the move and it's advancing. And God is, has his people all over the world. And the, and the gospel is advancing in the nations. Amen. 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 People who haven't been, you know, for generations, from the beginning probably, never known Christ are turning to him now all across the nations. Even the gospel is going into the Muslim nations right now. And we know of many people coming to the Lord. Many times behind closed doors and underground churches. But the kingdom is advancing. Amen. Amen. So we are living in a good day. No matter what is going on. No matter what the political scene is. It doesn't matter. God is ultimately on the throne. And we are, we are singing and bringing down his reign on the earth. Amen. Yeah. So that's what we were singing about today. About his reign coming down on the earth. His heavenly reign coming down on the earth. And his kingdom overthrowing the kingdom of darkness. And his will and plan being accomplished on the earth. So I just want to read just a scripture. I mean maybe we don't even have to read it. It's Joshua chapter 1 verse 3. And it talks about and I'm sure you're familiar with that passage and you know, Pastor Matthews, you know, kind of broke out into a laugh, you know, so that verse is so much, you know, on his heart. And so Joshua 1, 3 says, uh, I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. So we've got to uh, establish God's authority. We've got to advance his kingdom. And we've got to, and the scripture there talks about Joshua having to, they had no territory, they had no place to call home or, or to build, a, 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 you know, their, their, the kingdom of God and the, and the, the tabernacle of the Lord. They, they were wandering Jews for 40 years in the desert. And finally God gave them a place for them to call their own. Amen? Amen. And, uh, and they had to go and take territory they had to uh, uh, establish God's authority and they had to advance God's kingdom. And so how do we do that today? How do we keep doing what has been going on? How do we take it further in our own homes, in our own uh, localities, in our own places of uh, influence? How do we take God's kingdom and advance it to, into a greater place of uh, effectiveness and influence? Now your pastor and his wife are right now setting their feet on the ground there, you know. They could have probably spoken by, from Skype here over the, you know. But they had to go and place their feet there. Because they had something, that, as they placed their feet on the ground. And, and even a young man, Judah, has been out there, and, you know, maybe more than one time. And what, what are you doing? You are advancing God's kingdom. You are establishing His authority. How lovely on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news. Amen. 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 More than anybody else, your feet are more important than even the feet of probably national leaders. You know, national leaders will come and go. But what you do will ultimately culminate in the second coming of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 What they do will not bring the kingdom. That's right. But what we do is ultimately going to result in Jesus Christ coming back. And, and ruling and reigning over the nations, Amen. over the earth. Hallelujah. Amen. And so uh, Joshua 1, 3 talks about every place where you set your feet on, I have given it to you. And, uh, you know, I grew up in a, 
you know, a Buddhist family really. And uh, my point number one is, Eastern religions are not an option. Oh, <laughs> this is a kind of a shift here. We went from, you know, kingdom coming to Eastern religions. Well, there's so many people today, even in the church, that think that these Eastern religions are innocent and that they're okay. And that they are, you know, it, it, one guy said to Melanie, who was a Christ, supposed to be a Christian in Dallas? He said, you know, if I wasn't a Christian, probably I would have been a Buddhist. I was like, whoa, you know, Melanie, oh, she just didn't just wave at him and say, okay, she just belted, I mean, she just pulled it all out, man, all stops, she, you know, removed. She gave him a full dose as to why Eastern religions are not an option. I was speaking in a church in Big Spring. We were last Sunday, uh, and uh, and I was talking the same, you know, talking on the same subject. And a, a man came to me at the end of the service and said, you know, a Muslim man was uh, trying to uh, witness to me about Islam, and I was even con contemplating giving Islam a try, you know, giving it a chance. He said, but you came and talked about it today. And I guess I'm not going to do it anymore. Oh, I mean, he's supposed to be in this spirit-filled, Holy Ghost, you know, church. Wow. And thinking about becoming a Muslim. And this other guy thought that, you know, becoming a Buddhist is okay. If I wasn't a Christian, it's okay for me to be a Buddhist. And so we are living in times when you might be surprised as to how many people really have had a revelation of Jesus Christ. And are walking in that with that fire and that passion. Not just a one-time thing, prayed the prayer kind of thing and got on fire for a few months and a few years and then it all died down. You know, we need people who, you know, who, are, who will continue to stay filled with the Spirit and who will continue to stay and know that Jesus Christ is the only way and that there is no other. Amen? Amen. Amen. It will be sometimes surprising what people believe in these churches today. You just never know, you know. And so sometimes, you know, you've got to go back to the basics every now and then. And say Eastern religion is not an option. Why? Why, is, why are Eastern religions not an option? Because, for example, Nirvana. Uh, you say Nirvana, you know. Oh, you know, we say Nirvana, you know. And so why? The, the, that's what they believe. The Buddhists believe that there is a place called Nirvana. Okay, the Hindus believe it too. And so... What's wrong with that place? Well, that place is really a figment of the imagination. It's really a place called, uh, it's a place of evaporation. A place where you cease to exist. Whoa, Americans love to cease to exist, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, a, that's a state of mind, that's a goal to really reach and accomplish, right? Attain. They reach a place of, that's a place of extinction. It's a place of nothingness. Nirvana. If I wasn't a Christian, I would have been a Buddhist. I'm after nothingness. I'm after evaporation. I'm after a place that does not really exist. I want to be a part of the cosmos. So I don't feel nothing. I don't feel anything. I'm just blah. I'm just there. 
no feelings, no emotions, no suffering, no, 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 no desires, nothing. No thanks. No thanks. <laughs> but that's what Buddha taught. Yes. That's what Hollywood talks about. Buddhism, Disney, Buddhism, occult, all of that. What is that? A place of evaporation. They're glorifying something that is just useless. It's just a figment of the imagination. And so, uh, why is, okay, on the ground, okay, that's the philosophy part of it. Now, what about on the ground, practically? It's, you know, the, those countries that follow these religions, for example, Matthew just talked about the power breakdown in India. Oh, 670 million people were without power. 670 million people. Eastern religions work very well. They're so efficient. They're so efficient that 600 to more than twice the number of America was in the dark. That's how efficient the followers of those religions are. Their grids, when they break down, they really break down. <laughs> 670 million people were in the dark, in the heat, with the mosquitoes and the whole works. <laughs> That's what Eastern religion does. Makes you inefficient. Yeah. Makes you blame it on somebody else. Mm. Called blame transfer. Yeah. Called uh, karma. It's my karma. It's, I can't help it. It broke down. It must be our karma. Thank you, Hollywood. <laughs> Good movie. We like more of that, right? <laughs> but this is what happens. Inefficiency. People blame it on something else. They don't want to take responsibility. And if we follow those kinds of philosophies, we also become like that. What else? In our country, which is Buddhist and Hindu, there was a war, a civil war that went on for 27 long years. Bombs, explosions. In fact, some of our people, uh, the Hindu liberation fighters, were the ones who taught the recent world how to do suicide bombing. You know, strapping themselves with explosives and run, running into the war and blowing themselves up. Children were, had these, these explosives strapped on them. No moral values, no value for life. Hindu, Islam. Buddhism, this is what they teach us. Are you hearing me? What else? So East, that war went on, 100,000 people plus died in the war. Over 150,000 people disappeared. Just unaccounted for, can't find them. So, the results of Eastern religion. Poverty is very high in those nations where these Eastern religions are practiced. Why do you want it in America? Why do you want it in your society? It has failed out there. I'm not being politically correct today. <laughs> but I came from a Buddhist background and I can afford to talk. Yes. Amen. I just didn't study about it in some place about something that doesn't exist on the earth today. The Buddhism that's been taught here doesn't exist in the world. Hello? In your universities, in your, in your uh, Hollywood movies, that Buddhism does not exist on the ground today. 
you're trying to cut, uh, cut you know cut out a new new territory you're trying to you know blaze a new trail but that hasn't worked anywhere in the world and so high suicide rate in our nations severe persecution towards christians and churches a lot of violence used against christian ministries especially like what well we have to have police guarding our church for 3 months 24/7 in 04 yeah police had to stay guard around us around our churches not just ours but the violence was so severe that we had to buddhist non-violent people okay non-violent buddhists supposed to be non-violent hollywood paints them like that they are non-violent If I was a Christian, I would be a Buddhist. Okay. Now I know you guys are different, but I want to just, you know, feed this because you, this is happening around you, and you will be up against this even more in the days ahead. And so you will need to know that in your heart that there's only one way, and these things haven't worked in the nations. They they don't need to be brought in here. They don't need to be practiced that which has failed. Mm -hmm. Why do the nations want to still come here? Mm. In spite of all your problems, still the nations want to come here right. more than any other place. Why? Because you still have something that's unique, and because of the Lord, because of the, because of your faith, mm -hmm. because of your passion, and that's fast dwindling. But we need that to be kept up high. Amen. 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 We need to be fighting for that, and so. Uh, something else is that the older the monks in the temple what do they do they uh, abuse the young boys the young monks that come into the temple to join the the faith of buddhism the older men abuse the young boys and they can start at you know they come in at the age of 6 they just leave their homes and live with these older men and so the abuse goes on and they grow up and they per perpetuate that to the next generation keeps going keeps going keeps going buddha was a man who lived 2500 years ago in india and he left his wife and family to go and attain enlightenment and ultimately he gathered a bunch of men around him and so he began to perpetuate the you know abuse and from that time onwards it kind of came down the line now why am i telling you all this if i wasn't a christian i would be a buddhist <laughs> Are you hearing me? Yes. Yes. I know the church has a lot of problems. True. But the abuse goes under and the the nose of everybody and nobody talks about it. They're not violating any laws of the country. Thousands and thousands and thousands in those temples are practicing this kind of behavior. So it hasn't worked. it is not the not the answer it is not an option eastern religions are not an option jesus christ is still and will always be the only way the truth and the life amen, amen. and the one who gives us life abundantly amen. and to the full amen give him an applause yes give the lord an applause jesus you are lord you deserve all the glory lord you are to be worshiped you are holy And so we need to uh,
be aware that this is what's happening around us. And Buddhism is also an atheistic belief system. There is no belief in God. When you're a Buddhist, you're an atheist. You don't believe in God. So atheists would easily, you know, sit very comfortably with Buddhism. And so that's why we need, you know, I came out of a Buddhist background. And I didn't know this Jesus Christ until, you know, one day I went into an Anglican church, like an Episcopalian church. And uh, somehow there I felt the presence of God. I didn't even know it. But there was a freedom in that place that was different to what I felt in the temple. Amen. All those statues and all that lamps and all the presence of the enemy, you know, was a dark place to be. But when I went into this church, which had no statues and which had no lamps burning, there was a difference there. Amen. Even with the little worship and the devotion, still I felt the presence of God there. Amen. I looked around like, what is this? I'm feeling a difference here. I'm feeling a, a freedom here. I was like looking around to see what is this thing? I can feel something here. At the age of seven, it was, you know, I, like, what am I feeling here? And I began to get curious about what this freedom was all about. When you're living in oppression, any little freedom you can get is wonderful. When you've been yeah. in prison, <laughs> one day out of that prison is a great thing, you know? Yes. One day out of it is, is just a, a world of difference to you, you know? Yes. Right. And so, uh, so when I felt that freedom, I, I knew there was something here that was very unique and special. And so I began to hunger for that thing. You know, I began to go to church and, and they had only, they gathered together only once a month. So I had to find a neighboring church in the area, you know, which uh, conducted services every Sunday. And so I would go to that neighboring church, you know, uh, hungry because I wanted to know what this message, what this truth, what this freedom was all about. And so by the age of about 11, I had really made Christ, you know, invited Christ as my Savior. Amen. Amen. And so, you know, God, and those guys need Jesus. That's why your, your, your pastor is out there today. He's preaching the gospel to them because they have been in darkness for so long. And he is taking the good news to them. And we need people to keep going to the nations. There's no better time than this. We still need, the nations need the, the beautiful feet to come to them and to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 There is no belief in a living God in those religions. It's all about self. It's about works. It's all about self-effort to try and attain salvation. Amen. That's why we must preach the gospel still to the ends of the earth. Yes. This gospel must go. It must continue. No matter who says what. No matter who rises against it. No matter who says it's not politically correct. We still have a message. We still have a mandate. We still have a commission that we have to obey. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Paul says, you know, if I was not to preach the gospel, I should be accursed. You know, yeah. I, I, cursed is the person who does not preach the gospel, you know. We don't want to be that. Number two, enduring the testings. As we pursue the things of God, you know, we have to, we will be tested in so many ways. And we don't like to go through testings and trials. We don't like to go through those things, but we can't pray some of those things out of the way. Testings and trials can't be prayed out of the way. 
<laughs> That's one of the things we just can't, no matter how much. Jesus, you know, for 40 days he fasted and prayed and came out and he was severely tested. Even he couldn't pray it away. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Sometimes we want it to become real comfortable for us. You know, it's all about me. <laughs> and so we're sometimes singing our songs are about singing about our aches and our pains to the Lord. Then about worshiping the Lord. <laughs> you know, I'm feeling this way, I'm not feeling okay, and you know. And there's a part for that, but it shouldn't all be about that. Right. Sometimes we are all about ourselves. It's all about how my big bank account. It's about me having a second car and a boat and a second house. <laughs> it's all about me. Come on. Yeah. You know, it's okay to have things if they're not ruling over us and if we're not consumed with those things. Yes. Amen. It's okay if we're using it for the right purposes. Amen. But the moment we start getting, you know, consumed with ourselves and our well-being and our this and our that, Amen. we start to lose the focus of what we are really purposed for. Amen. Amen. We need to keep our purpose alive. Yes. Because those things won't bring purpose to us. Yes. Those are the things that will finally say to us, maybe I need to think about if I wasn't a Christian. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we end up. When we start getting comfortable, we start to lose sight of who gave us all these things and who made it possible for us yes. to be able to have all these things yeah. that we enjoy. And we forget the price that has been paid. Yes. The pilgrims, the soldiers, all the ministers of God who have paid people, good Christian people that had to leave even Europe to come here to build a new world. We forget about those things. And we bring the same thing back <laughs> hundreds of years later. And then we have to then move again. We have nowhere else to go now. <laughs> Everything has been populated. Amen? Amen. So we've got to get back to our purpose. We can't get on the Mayfair anymore. We've got to, we've got to get back to our purpose. Amen. Melanie, would you give me my bottle of water, please? And so, we, uh, and during the testings, James 1, 2 to 4 says, you know, how we are to count it a, a, a good thing, a joyful thing. When we go through testings and trials of all kinds. You know, that's a part of our, our walk with God. Is that we will be tested. Yes. Yeah. We will face trials and, and uh, challenges and, you know, situations that are kind of sometimes very difficult for us to understand. You know, we had to go through some of that this last 10 months. Melanie and I have had a quite a walk these last 10 months. A real trial, a real difficult time. But we know God has good things for us. And that's Amen. why we have, we're going through some of those trials. Amen. And we're seeing them overcome too. Amen. 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 And we're seeing changes happening in our hearts and lives as well. We, we began uh, with the last December, we had a freak vehicle accident. A real freak one. That was a real... It was a real demonic attack. I don't like to say it like that, but I've never had an accident like that before. Hmm. I was parked, I finished pumping the gas, and put it into drive, and Mel was sitting on the, in the passenger seat. And as I pulled forward, the vehicle just shot 
people were parked there. It just shot, my foot got stuck in the accelerator and I hit somebody really hard. And he bounced up in the air. And he had to be picked up, he was almost dead. We picked him up, put him, I mean, there, there was no time to wait for anybody. We drove faster than the ambulance would, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and we got him to the hospital and we're praying the guy wouldn't die. Amen. <laughs> I mean, just think of the newspaper saying, Pastor knocks down this man and kills him at a gas station. You know, Christian, and Christians are very unpopular right now in that nation. They've always been, and just what we needed. Prayed, we got him to the hospital and, and he's doing much better now. He's totally recovered. But he broke seven ribs. Major stuff. And the police was out to get me. The, the Buddhist police was like, and the court system was after me. They thought, this guy, this, this Christian preacher guy, we're going to nail this guy. You know, and they made it very, very difficult. You know, but God is greater than me. Amen. Those guys, yeah. that kind of a scenario, that situation is not bigger than, than our God. Amen. They really wanted to get yeah. me because, they, you know, this is a preacher guy, this guy, you know, he should never be doing something like this. This is a terrible example, all that kind of thing, you know. And, uh, and so for six months or seven months, this case dragged on. And the lawyer said to me, this might take about a year and a half. So we'll ask for, you know longer dates for the next hearing and things like that so that you know you won't have to come so frequently but and that morning of the 6th of July when the court case was closed I had gone for the hearing and uh, the lawyer came to me and said you know just be prepared it might go on for another year just be prepared so you know and then an hour later he comes and says to me looks like something has happened they're going to close your case today mm -hmm. Praise God. Praise God. This was a very capable lawyer. He was like handling 50% of the cases in that, in that court. He was so good. Everybody was going to him. But even he seemed unable to help us at the time. And so our, we had a 40-day prayer watch that we were on. And the last day was the day of the hearing. God took care of business. He whacked everything out of the water. He just, he just knocked that thing out. Even the lawyer didn't know what had happened. And to find out, the police, the police is very difficult over there. Highly corrupt. You can't get nothing done without bribing them. You know? And so they, uh, and so this man who I knocked down, you know, we have first what you call, they call it a criminal case, and then you have a civil case. Uh, after the criminal, then he can claim, you know, from the insurance, compensation. And so we had to finish the criminal case before we could get the civil case done with, you know. And so this man was waiting for his compensation. And so uh, he went to the police three days before the hearing. He did all the, the footwork that was needed. They were sitting on the paperwork. They were not sending it to the courts. And so it kept, kept getting postponed and postponed and postponed until some money came out from me. Buddhism at its best. Yeah. You know? And so, this man did all the footwork, got the paper sent, and so the, the case was finalized. Wow. Mm -hmm. What the police were supposed to do, this man did. 
So God is in charge of whatever your circumstances are. Amen. You just don't lose hope. <clears throat> We've got a mighty God. We've got an awesome God. Yes, Amen? Amen. Amen. When the system tries to get you, you have a way out. Amen. I mean, Peter was in prison and, you know, the church prayed and the doors were opened supernaturally for him to come out. Amen. We deal with a God like that. Even when the, when the system says it's impossible, you know, our God makes a way for us. Amen. We can put our absolute confidence and trust in Him. So that was our major attack. Then three months later, we had an, I, I, uh, we just finished this uh, uh, groundbreaking, you know, uh, uh, foundation laying ceremony. A week later, I had a uh, heart attack. Oh. Yeah, heart oh. attack. Oh, wow. And I was in hospital, and I was supposed to have five blocked arteries. Mm. Woodrow block, you know. <laughs> and five blocked arteries. 80%, 90%, 100%. Whatever you do, do it with all your heart. <laughs> you know, the doctor said, you know, they did the angiogram and said, no way, you just have to have a bypass. That's all. No stents, nothing is, uh, else is possible. It's so clogged. So I said, give us a few days. And so we were, you know, trying to arrange a, uh, a bypass surgeon. And so, uh, meanwhile, we were so preparing for a bypass. About a week later, I was in hospital. I was, uh, the machines were connected to me. They were, you know, doing the medication. And so, uh, and a lot of prayer was going on. A lot of prayer was going on, you know, and our own uh, congregation members would come and stand outside my the ICU and just pray for me. They would uh, come in twos or threes, and they would just just be out there praying from morning nine o'clock till nine at night. People were just praying, you know, throughout the day, and uh, they would take it in turns, you know, two hours, a couple of hours, one hour, whatever they could do. And so that was exciting. And so uh, the prayer part at least. And so uh, a week later, before, just before the bypass, I said, I would like to do another angiogram one more time. The doctor said to me, there is no purpose in doing a second angiogram within such a short time. There's not going to be any difference. And so uh, I, I insisted. I said, doctor, I'd still like to have a second angiogram. So we paid, got it all arranged. And even five minutes before I was taken in, she asks me again, do you still want to go ahead with that? And I said, yes, doctor. Goes out and asks Melanie and Mitchell, do you still want to do it? You know, I said, let's go ahead, let's do it. And so they did the second angiogram and the reports were better. The clogging, clogging, the, the, the clogging was not as bad. It, was, it had dropped down to like 70%. That which was 100 now had become 70 and so they said to me, looks like we can do, you know, some stents and uh, that will work for you. We put three stents, that will work for you. And so that's what they did. I said, doctor, aren't we glad that we did that second angiogram? <laughs> you know, she said, you're the first person in this hospital that has ever done something like that. I said, I, I like doing things different. I said. <laughs> You know, sometimes, you know, we thank God for doctors and lawyers. 
But we have a better doctor and a lawyer than that. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. People think we're crazy. But we really know what we're doing. We really know what we're doing. If we are walking with God, we know what we're doing. If we are walking with God. Not if not. We got to walk with God. Amen? Amen. Now, it was a very difficult time for me because, Lord, I felt like you had betrayed me. Why heart attacks and clocking, clog, all these clog, uh, you know, clogging in the arteries? I was like really upset with the Lord. You know, I was really like, what happened to me? What, what's this deal? Where did this all come from? I was weeping a lot, crying a lot in the presence of God. Almost felt abandoned. Felt totally vulnerable as, you know, very challenging time, testing, a trying time. Was I still going to get upset with God? Or was I still going to let him show me something, even in the middle of all of that? That he had still got a tremendous purpose in all of that. You know, and, 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 uh, and God's, you know, said, uh, you know, in Deuteronomy it talks about how he tested the hearts of the, the Israelites in the wilderness to know what was in their heart. He said, I, I, test, I wanted to see what was in your heart, whether you would serve me, no matter what. Or whether you go after the things that was coming to you. And we, we saw that, that, that they were after the things. Whenever things didn't turn up for them, they were upset with God and wanted to go back to Egypt and wanted to go back into slavery, you know. And so we got to know that even through the testing times, God is trying to teach us something. You know what I learned most? was never be critical of those who are going through the fires. Amen. Never be critical. No matter what their theology, no matter how much of faith they have or don't, don't criticize people who are going through the fire. When you're going through the fire, you don't need anybody else to kick you when you're down. You're down. You don't need anybody else kicking you anymore. And God really softened my heart, you know, from being any legalistic, or critical or judgmental towards even pastors who are going through hard times. Amen. Taught me to, you know, feel with them. Yes. And, to, and to not ever speak anything negative about these people. Amen. God taught me to be, you know, <laughs> whoa. He taught me, man, you know, something about him and his presence. I began to know him more intimately through those times. I had to slow down. I had to take some time to really get in his presence again in a fresh new way and it was good it was you know a lot of tears a lot of broken moments but a new depth but a new intimacy with the Lord you know came out of that Amen. a new awareness that yeah we're going to go through some hard times some fires for the purposes of God especially working in those demon infested places we're going to fight some real devils to take back the ground. Yes. We may have to pay a price for that. Yes. But God is good. Yes. And He's still worthy of all the worship and all the devotion and all the honor and the love. Yes. And all that we can give and do and serve Him. Amen. 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 So we you know it was a very difficult moment. A place of great vulnerability, but a great place of learning. About our awesome God. Amen. He's an awesome God. He's an awesome God. And no matter what we walk through, no matter fire, what fire, no matter what hell we have to walk through, our God will walk with us. Amen. And He will bring us through. 
and he will give us victory. And that doctor, you know, when she, when I, when I, uh, you know, heard the news that, you know, I didn't need to go through a bypass, you know. And this one pastor friend of ours came in to visit us and he was like a, like Melanie says, like a, you know, uh, like a Santa Claus, you know, mm. really nice guy. And so he, you know, he pulled up his shirt and said, look at my, by, you know, the, the, the stitches of my bypass. And I saw this thing, you know, this, all these stitches like, you know, bad claws, you know, I mean, just all over your body. I said, no, I don't want to look at that thing. I can't. I don't want to have that thing. He said, I'm okay. Look at me, you know. When I saw that whole thing cut up like that, you know, I mean, it was stitched. I said, Lord, that's not for me. Please, Lord. Please. I beg of you. And so I did not want to bypass. So we, when I heard the news that we could do the stents, I said, thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. In the theater, I'm you know, shouting out. The doctor who's a Buddhist said to me, what about us? What about us? We did all the hard work. Ah. Atheist. Yeah. Buddhism. Yeah. Even when you give glory to God, they can't handle it. Yeah. I said, I was thanking God for you. Yeah. For your talents and abilities and your sacrifice. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's the thing about Buddhism. When you thank God, they want to be God. You will be like God. Then your eyes will be opened and you'll be like God. See? Later on she comes out and says, You prayed for him, now you pray for me. And so she's her heart has been softening. You know, and realized how I said, Doctor, you remember the, the, the difference in one week? You know, we pray to a living God. Yeah. And and he you know, even our conditions ultimately are in his hands. Yes. She said, yes, that's pretty interesting. You made me do something that I've never done before. Do a second angiogram in such a short time. I never let my patients tell me what I should do. <laughs> she, she said, but you, you convicted me and you, you convinced me that I need to do this. And she was much more open to hearing about God. In the ensuing period when we had to follow up and do our follow up visits, she was much more open to hearing about God. Amen. 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 We were planning to invite her. In October, we are doing something called a marketplace conference. And so we're planning to invite some of these hardcore, you know, Buddhist professionals, you know, to come and hear business people talking about their faith in Jesus Christ and, and how they're successful, but also how they have found Christ as Savior and Lord. Amen. 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 And so we had, thing, you know, situation after situation in the last 10 months. We found... Uh, the, you know, even the permit for this building, you know, was revoked. They gave it to us and then revoked it. Yeah. All because some monks were making a fuss. Some Buddhist monks didn't want the Christian building an orphanage for the children. Wow. Democratic country. But most of the time, democracy is on paper only. And so, so we are fighting back. And we are almost, you know, getting it revoked again and, you know, in favor of us. But it's been a challenge. Just because you are building a children's home and you're doing it reasonably well and the Buddhists are coming and saying, this is one of the best homes in the country, children's homes in the country, you know, the monks start to play up. And they can, they, because they're sitting on those boards in the councils, they can, you know, stall your, you know, your permits. And so, but we, we have a God to fight back with. Amen. Amen. 
We just keep going to God and going, doing what we can. They want a bribe from us. And we cannot bribe. If I gave them $500, $1,000, it would get done. But we can't do that. We're trying to shift the nation away from corruption, away from bribery, away from injustice into righteousness. Amen. Amen. If we come under the same system, then how can we deliver people from that system? Amen. How can we help deliver them? We can't. So it's so to walk that road, you have to. I mean, all you need to do is five hundred dollars, a thousand dollars, and you're done. Somebody is looking for that, and because we're not doing that, they're just stalling it also, as long as they can. See who's going to crack. <laughs> And we're saying, okay, we'll go back to them as long as we need to. You know, we're going to just stand on the old permit they gave us that was approved. You know, we're just going to stand on that. You know, and then they're not coming and stopping our work or anything like that. They're just waiting for that bribe. And so pray with us that we would, you know, somehow that, that spirit of mammon will be defeated. That greedy mammon spirit will not rule. Amen. Just keep us in prayer. That you know, in the next this month, that somehow we will get that thing overturned, and that we will be able to go forward. Because to deliver a people, if you become like them, then you can't deliver those people. Yeah. You have to you to have walking that authority to establish God's authority. His authority must be ruling and reigning in you. Amen. You can't deliver other people if you're also bound up. Amen. 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 I know we don't have to be perfect, but we need to be working. For, towards freedom and liberty. Amen? Yeah. Then we can help set people free to walk into the freedom that God gives them and you know, provides for them. So we had several things going on. We had to move our Bible school. Right at the very moment, in the middle of all of that, the Bible school, which was renting another building nearby, the, the Buddhist owner said, we, we want the building back. We don't want you to give this to a Bible school anymore. We don't want to give my building anymore, you know? To, a, to, a, to, Christ, to Christians and they do that and so we have to vacate the place but thank God he opened a new door for us just you know uh, at the right time and so all these things happened one after the other then another couple that was working closely to us tried to cause a church split you know what that is uh, they were saying we were a cult and they didn't even know what how to explain what a cult define what a cult really is you know, they couldn't articulate what a cult really is. But they were calling us a cult. You know, these were Buddhist converts who didn't know what still what a cult is. They were in a cult all this time. Yeah. You fight for them, you get their marriages healed, you get them on track. They're trying to kill each other, you know. <laughs> they're trying to commit suicide and saying, give the child to Melanie if anything happens to me. And then they turn around and, you know, call you a cult and try to break the church up. Be careful about following people like that. Yeah. Be careful because they don't care for you really. They're just offended. They're mad. You know, they, they, they're not hearing from God anymore. They become like King Saul. You know, yeah. they become a cult on their own. They don't care about the nation anymore. It's all about them. And so these guys, you know, and then they get some people to follow them. Some couples that really were close to us. We had paid, put a lot into and I don't know if you've been through some church splits or whatever in the past or faced any. But that's, you know, it's, it's really, be careful about following people like that. 
I said, these guys are just hirelings. They're from nowhere. They try to become church leaders. And the people who follow them, and then these guys are going overseas to work somewhere else. They leave them high and dry. And so I said, you know, follow those guys who are tried, tested, and proven. Those who walk with you faithfully, man, they pay the price. They are here to stay. They are here. They have burnt the bridges behind them. They are not here to kind of, you know, jump ships if things don't go bad. They are here. There is only one ship there, you know, steering. Amen. Amen. And so we got to be careful about people who get offended and try to split churches and draw people away and paint a bad picture about leadership, you know. We're not saying leadership is perfect. They have their weaknesses, but they're far better than those guys who are trying to suddenly become bright sparks, you know, in the dark sky, you know. And so we got to, uh, we had to face all of these things in the last 10 months. Testings. But through it all, you know, the devil was trying to get us distracted yeah. from the good things that God was doing. Right. And when these things happen to you, be careful because there's something good on the horizon for you. Mm-hmm. There's victory on the horizon for you. That's why the enemy is trying to get you distracted, get you off focus, get you focused on the things that are trivial and unimportant or things that can, can kind of pull down your faith away from you. you got to Remember that this is trying to distract you from your call, from your purpose, from the, the greater things that God has for you and He's doing. Amen. That's why He says, put on the whole armor of God so that you can stand against Him in the evil day. There are some evil times that come because the enemy, you know, waits to. It's like Joshua. He was going to take this land and, you know, to Canaan and, you know, and he, he was promised every, uh, every place where he kept his foot that he would, you know, uh, inherit it. And then, you know, they take down Jericho and Ai. And a little later, about seven kings come together to fight against him. I mean, stack up against him. Uh, the whole battle was, you know, an impossible battle unless the Lord was in it. And, and we felt in the last 10 months, seven kings had come against us mm-hmm. to take us down from inheriting and establishing God's authority and advancing his kingdom. And so we had to fight back. And I think that's the place where Joshua told even the sun to stand still. And he won a great battle as a result. Now, sometimes enemy will stack up against you. He'll just send I mean, from here and there and from there and from everywhere. He'll send enemies and everything seems to be going wrong. You know what I'm talking about. Uh-huh. Like, you're, whoa, whoa, hold it, hold it, hold it. <laughs> it's like Job. He, you know, one guy brings a bad message. Another guy comes. He has hardly finished finishing his message, sharing it. His, his, his announcement and somebody else comes and somebody else is on the way and somebody else. What does a man do when he gets into that situation? Uh-huh. What do you do? Uh, the Lord gave and the Lord took away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Yeah. Well, that's not very good for the word. You know, sometimes for, you know, heavy faith preaching. You know, <laughs> the Lord gave and the Lord took away. But there are times you will go through something taking away at times. So he can give you more. Yes, but for that moment he's taking it, taking it away. Uh, and no matter how much of faith you speak at that time, you've got to just say, the Lord has given. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I don't understand. I don't have to know everything. I don't have to have answers for everything. 
Sometimes we think we have to have answers for everything. And if you don't, we can become very, very insecure and very vulnerable. And there are times you just have to let it happen. And just get back to the Lord. Just run into His arms and find His strength and His, His presence again. He may not have an answer. Huh? His presence again. Jesus was silent when Lazarus was put in the tomb for four days. But He was still working. But they were weeping. Sometimes when he's silent, we just got to come and just find his presence again. Because after the silence still, there'll be the Lazarus coming out of the tomb. Amen? Amen. And so, uh, so, it was, it's, it's, so, so testings are good in the end because they ultimately, they're working out something in us. So if you're going through some fires right now of testings and trials, job problems, family issues, Whatever the issues may be, physical problems, remember that, that, that you know, these testings are that you're going through is working out the greater purpose of God in your life. So don't lose heart. Don't get discouraged. Don't give up. Even if you don't have answers, don't give up. Don't, don't stop reading your Bible. Amen. Don't stop praying. Don't stop spending time in His presence and going and being regular at church. Don't stop worshipping with all your heart, even though you feel like you're faking it. Don't stop. Daniel never stopped. When the opposition rose up, he still kept opening his windows and praying three times a day. Through the lines, then he prayed his way out. Even in the dark, you can't stop doing. Even in the wilderness, the deepest wilderness, you can't stop doing. The things that will help you obtain your breakthrough, you cannot stop and go blah and think things are going to change. You have to keep doing in the dark, in the hard place. You got to get, keep connected, keep fired, keep praying through. No matter what the voices are saying. Joseph in the prison was prophesying still. Interpreting dreams. He kept using his gifts. Kept staying in tune with the father. And one day, because he did that. The same man who was blessed said to Pharaoh. I know a man in the prison who told me everything that happened to me. Some people just cannot get disconnected. And they think that God must come and change everything around even if they do nothing. That's a big temptation. That's a huge temptation. But we got to do in the dark. Even what? The little thing that will still keep us connected with the voice of God. David was in the dark, in the wilderness. Kept playing his harp. Kept playing his harp. Kept playing his music. And kept worshipping the Lord. Until Saul killed himself and the throne was handed over to him again. He ran for so many years, tested, tried, but he never stopped doing. He never touched the anointed, even in his hardest, darkest places. He didn't cause a church split even at the wrong moment. He didn't get upset and mad and pull people away. Amen? Amen. Even when it's difficult, even when it's hard, keep doing the good that you've been doing. Because that's going to lead you to your breakthrough. 
your breakthrough is going to come. People stop going to church. They stop reading their Bibles. And they say, I can't get connected anymore with God. Recently, we were praying for a mother and a daughter like that. Disconnected. And they were doing nothing. You know, said, you've stopped doing the basic things that will help you to get back. Don't, don't let the enemy surround you because he will. Yes. The little thing that will keep him surrounding you is just staying in the presence of God. Amen. Just reading your Bible. Just praying, doing your devotions faithfully. Stay connected to church. Amen. Stay connected to people who are going to keep you in prayer and encouraging you. And walking before you and telling you, I know what you're going through. But I can't do anything about it yet. But God will do it. Amen. Amen. He's going to come through for you. Amen. No matter what you're going through. I don't know whom this message is for, but it must be for some, somebody here. Amen. 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 Because that's the word that he whispered. Tell them about the testings, endurance. Amen. I said, I, I want to share some more stories, Lord. No, no. Some of them are going through some real testings. Hold on. Be faithful. Be diligent. Don't let the enemy surround you. You surround him with praises. Amen. You surround Jericho with your praises. Your enemy is standing there, but you surround him. Don't let him surround you. Keep surrounding him. The walls will come down. Amen? Amen. 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 Oh, Lord. And finally, you know, we just uh, strategies for taking back territory. Strategies for taking back territory, you know, and uh, we have a young man, Mahesh, a Buddhist convert, who has uh, uh, a young man about maybe 25 years old, and uh, and he also attended our Bible school, and Jennifer got to teach there about 10 years back before she stopped coming, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and. Uh, and she, she really contributed to helping somebody. Mitchell was really touched by you, Jennifer. He and so many others, you know, they were so touched. You may have only come one time and done something there, but it set something off. That's why you need to go to the nations, guys. Yes. I'm telling you. This guy was like thinking highly about pink Cadillacs, you know. <laughs> And he thought that all, all America was all about pink Cadillacs one time. Or oh, Hollywood. But he also talked about, one of them talked about pink Cadillacs as well. But anyway, he got turned on for the Lord and today he's so much on fire. He's one of our, one of our flamboyant, one of our men who are just racing ahead. And she had a part in that. See, you never know when you come to these nations and you deposit something. She's not a full-time minister. She's a minister, however, for the gospel of Jesus Christ. You don't have yeah. to be a pastor. You don't have to be an evangelist to do what you're going to go to the nations, guys. You just never know because when you go, something happens. The Holy Spirit comes on you in a different way. Amen. He gives you a greater grace than even when you're in your own territory. Because he knows that you need that. Amen. And so that's what he did. He just used you there to touch those young people especially. And to put, put a fire in them, a passion and a purity. 
for the things of God. Amen? Amen. Yes. And so, Mahesh was a young man that has been to our Bible school and and after he finished, he went to... Uh, how much time more? <laughs> okay. <laughs> you fast and play. <laughs> I didn't hear any amens from the back. <laughs> All right. Sometimes we're not we're very deeply thinking about what's going on, right? So, this Mahesh was a young man who uh, so finished Bible school and he was uh, very good at information technology and he got a job in a school uh, doing teaching, IT, in a regular school, grade 1 to 12. And so he, uh, he was told by the uh, principal, now we also conduct these Buddhist ceremonies in our school and we expect all of the teachers to be there and we expect all of them to participate in the ceremonies. You, you, is that very clear to you, Mahesh? And so Mahesh says, uh, well, I didn't know I was hired to participate in religious ceremonies. <laughs> I thought I was hired to teach IT. Uh, well, you know that uh, I'm a Roman Catholic. Can I also participate in those ceremonies? Yeah. <laughs> and so I think it's okay for you too. <laughs> but Mahesh said, no, I came from Buddhism. I wasn't even Roman Catholic. <laughs> this God that you're supposed to know, I know him. Yeah. I know him so much that I don't want to share him uh, with anything else, with any other worship. So if you want to fire me, go ahead. But I'm not participating in those ceremonies. The principal was very upset. But two weeks later he says, Mahesh, I'm putting you in charge of all the Christian activities of this school. Uh, I wanted to do a Bible study in this school. Uh, I want you to get the kids together and those who are, you know, Christians and any others who want to join in, I want you to teach a Bible study in the school. Teachers taking prayer and Bible out of the school. <laughs> it was taken out anyway, a long time ago in our schools. <laughs> it was never there in our schools. Bible and prayer was never in our schools. But he's standing up and as a result, he's even teaching on creationism. That, that besides evolution, there is a God, a creator God. And I've got some good scientific evidence for it too. And some real practical, you know, theology that I can share with you. And so what happens when we don't allow ourselves to be pushed over? This is the day and age we have to stand up. You know, I could tell you missionary stories, but this, many of you are not in missionary life. You're teaching, you're working in a regular business. Mahesh is like that because he stood up and didn't allow himself to be uh, compromised. The doors opened wider for him. Amen. And as a result, today he has the approval. He has the best room in the school air conditioned room for his Bible study. Yeah. Now, over there, we don't have air conditioning. Wow. He said, What's the room you want? I want the best one <laughs> with the air conditioning. <laughs> you don't get those in third world countries, <laughs> you know. And, and but if you do, they're broken down to half the time, you know. <laughs> but 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 he got the best room, and he's doing his Bible studies. He's teaching on creationism. He's doing prayer in the schools as a teacher, because he would not compromise. Are you hearing me? Yeah. Yeah. We got to stop looking for acceptance from these people. He was able to say, even if you fire me, I'm not going to participate in the ceremonies. 
Amen. Amen. And I believe this is the age we need to stand up. We need some Daniel standing up, some Joseph standing up, some Shadrachs, Meshachs, and Abednegoes. And, and we can turn the tide around if we have people. But if people are singing about the aches and pains to the Lord and worshiping and all it's all about me, you can't turn nothing around then that way. Amen? Amen. Sorry, but you can't do much when you're singing about your aches and pains to the Lord. Amen? Instead of giving Him true worship. Amen. Amen. About his mission, his purpose, and his authority and power in the, in the nations. So there's another lady, Mavis, who's a, who took, who took spirit-led action to take back ground in her school. She's a teacher as well. And she's one of my uh, mentorees. I have about 25, 30 mentorees that I really mentor closely. And so she's one of them. And it's not only people in the, in, in, in what we call the ministry, but people ministering in the workplace also. And so this lady wanted to take her school back. Her school was uh, very fast becoming Buddhist. And so, and it was supposed to have been started by missionaries, Christian missionaries. And so what happened was she uh, said to me, I don't know what to do. I, I can't. This Anglican principle is so much against me. and so, you know, so... Uh, humiliates me in front of everybody. I don't know how I could ever do something here. I said, go and just lay hands on her chair and uh, pray for her. Uh, don't show her you're praying. Mm -hmm. Just anoint your hands and just every time you go to see her, you know, just release your anointing to her, her throne. I said, shift something in the spirit. Uh, just put God's authority there. She said, what will that do? I said, keep doing it and see what happens. And so she would do that. And she would find reasons to go into the principal's office, you know, to look at for some document or something like that. And so she, she, she'll be standing by the, by the desk and looking at the document and kind of taking a long time. But she, what she's doing is she's praying. The principal's not in a seat at that time, but she's praying over the principal's chair. And she, the heart of the principal turned around. And she got saved. She got, wow. she got turned on for the Lord and began to do some incredible things. And, uh, and uh, she got fully dedicated to the Lord. And after she left school and retired, she was really serving the Lord. And the second principle came in. Now again, you know, kind of, you know, very anti-Christian. And so Mary says to me, what's happening? This lady is giving me worse hell than that other lady. I said, have you stopped uh, putting your hand on the chair? Oh, I forgot. I said, the seven others more evil will come back if you don't lay your hands there. I said, you got to keep, uh, you got, now you're kind of the, you know, it's like catching the whole the tail of the tiger, you know. <laughs> Until that place is on fire for God, you can't take your hands off the chair. <laughs> and so the other lady got turned around too, got fully turned on and invited us to come and do some teaching and Bible study and prayer at the school with her leaders. And Mavis has been advancing in the school as she prayed, as she took back. We were able to give our picture Bibles to the children that we, that we are printing. And uh, also, in addition, there was a statue that had been left behind. A statue to a demon. That was, yeah, I mean, Sri Lanka, you'll see. I mean, plenty of that. You'll be going, ooh, ooh, all the time. <laughs> Every side you turn around, there's... Whole McDonald's farm is there, you know. <laughs> there's a Buddha, there's a Shiva, there's all those guys around. 
everywhere you go, <laughs> there's no shortage. And so this particular statue was, however, set up by the pool of the school, the swimming pool. And so kids were even almost drowning, having near-death experiences. See, that's why those statues are very evil to have around you, okay? And so, uh, just hang on for another moment, we're going to be done with this story, okay? And so, uh, this, this lady said, I want to remove that statue. I said, be careful. There will be a major backlash if you don't do it carefully. I said, wait for the right timing, because if you remove that, the whole school and the whole area might come up against you. You don't remove those statues in public places, unless you want to really, you know, face some real, you know, fire. And so, uh, I said, wait for the holidays, when the kids are on holidays, when everybody's out, wait for a time when everybody, and get the approval from your principal and your heads that this is okay to do. She said, I'm really burdened because the kids are almost having near-death experiences in that swimming pool because of that statue. Uh, that demon is trying to take their lives. And that demon is put there, that statue, to supposedly to protect the pool and the kids. You know, it's something connected with water. Like a, a, you know? And so uh, she finally got the approval. She got the statue removed. And she did another little beautiful painting there at the same place. And she was able to get it all removed and, and remove statues. Uh, that idols from that school and make it an idol-free school once again Hallelujah. for God. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Jesus, I see, we've got to take back. And so she's going ahead. She said, I, I have no time to pray. I, you know, I'm so busy. And so I have to find time. Sometimes the time is there. They just don't know how to figure out their time. You know? So we help them get their basics in order. And now she's just going ahead, taking background, doing Bible studies, teaching the kids, um, mentoring the principal and the heads of the school, and, uh, and, and witnessing and, and counseling women and, and men on the school campus, you know. So we've got to take back. And that's, the, uh, that's in a dark city, the darkest city in our country, by the biggest Buddha uh, temple uh, of, of the nation. And so we, we've got to take back. We've got to go and... You know, take back the ground, and we've got the authority to do that. And so as we've been uh, also doing this, uh, 12 years we've been also praying together as a, uh, a pastor's group in our city, in our region. We've been praying together for 12 years. Every month we come together, and we have been conducting prayers, you know, uh, for the nation, for the city, for evangelism, and, and you know, praying for the church of our region. And so we started this in the year 2000, and we celebrated 12 years on the 7th of July, this, this last month, 12 years. But there's something about 12, there's something about 12 that is significant to us as Christians. 12 is a governing number, 12 tribes, 12 uh, uh, patriarchs, you know, uh, uh, the 12 uh, disciples, the 12 gates, there's a lot about 12. Amen? Amen? And it's a kind of an administrative number of God. That's why he said, of the increase of your government and peace, there will be no end. And, and this 12 symbolizes, you know, uh, an authority, uh, a governing number of the Lord. And this year, as we celebrate 2012, this is a governing number that we need to be aware of, that God wants to increase his government and peace on the earth. Amen? Amen? No matter what's going on. Amen. And so we have been praying, as soon as we finished our 12th year anniversary prayer rally, 12 years, 
we had a witch doctor about 100 yards away from our church. And he had been practicing witchcraft in the area and being the guru and the spirit man, the witch, the warlock of the area. Everybody was coming to him. Buddhists, Hindus, Khandus, everybody were coming to him. You know? And, uh, and he was targeting witchcraft against us too for many years. You know? I could go on with stories, but I, you know? And so, but after that 12th anniversary prayer rally, he came to one of our pastors about two weeks later and said, I'm packing up and I'm moving out. Oh, wow. I'm packing up and I'm moving out. His powers were diminishing. God's government was increasing. And his powers were diminishing so he couldn't do his witchcraft. So people were, he was losing business. People were not coming to him anymore. You see, we have governing, we can drive out. Now your, there's a mosque that has come up, a big mosque by Beechnut, you know, and, and, and 59 yes. South, I believe. Yeah. You know, there was an old mosque before that, a smaller one, and a big one next to that. We drove past it and we could feel the eerie feeling. Oh, I, I, I felt third world bondage. I felt the dark, eerie presence. I thought, oh, it's coming into America in a big way. Now you can't allow that to happen. You've got to go and pray on sight. Before they come up, when you hear of something like that coming up, you have to go inside and pray. And you can stop some of those things being built. You don't have to protest with placards, but going silently and just praying and anointing and keeping that going with a team of people from even the city can stop those things from being set up. So see, as we prayed together, we drove this guy out. We didn't target him and pray specifically. But we had our eyes on him, but we didn't, you know, do strategic level warfare against him. You know, we just prayer walked that area and kept praying and kept coming together. And as the government of the Lord increased in unity, how, how wonderful it is when brothers dwell together in unity. As the unity got stronger, he commanded the blessing. The blessing of this, this locality is going to be free from that witch doctor, from that warlock, from occult and witchcraft. Amen? Amen. So when we hear of things coming up, we go and target and pray there. We don't show ourselves that what we're doing. We go under, you know, cover. But we are doing things to pray and, and target those areas to keep them from coming and establishing the darkness. Because once they come in and they bring the darkness in, they're bringing the curses along with that as well. Yeah. And so we've got, we've got authority to take back the ground, hold the ground, and to drive out the enemy. Amen. But we can't do it alone. We've got to be, we've got to ask God's mind. Some of those things need, we can't do things alone. We have to find God's, we must work with leaders. We must work with the, the larger body of Christ at times. And we've got to know that But when we come together, our authority can topple some demons that otherwise could not be toppled. And so God's government is increasing. And so that was so exciting. You know, it's so exciting uh, what God was doing. He's shifting out these people. So let's close here and